Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. If you haven't heard me talk about what projects to take on, today is a good episode to dig into this because I am a proponent of only taking on projects that are a good fit for you and your firm at the time that a potential client reaches out to you. And today's episode is all about me practicing what I preach with two recent examples. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. This episode is really important because I do practice what I preach to all of you, especially when I'm evaluating a new potential client's project. Now, have I always been this good about that? No, which is why I wanted to share these two different scenarios with you so that you can, quite frankly, learn from my mistake and truly stay laser focused on the projects that you want to take on. Now, what does that look like? What are those projects? That's going to be specific to you, your time in your career, and truly what you want to work on. But for me, right now in my career, I am taking on fewer projects with larger scopes because, frankly, I have other things going on that are just as important to me as my client design work. For instance, hello, the podcast. I love doing this and I want to make sure I leave time in my schedule to make it as impactful as I possibly can be. I'm also really leaning into mentoring the other designers through my online content and course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. So that made me go back and really evaluate what does that mean for my client work. And the truth of the matter is, I don't want to give up my design work because it really does fill me with joy. And so I made the active determination that that means I need to pare down and take 
fewer projects with larger scopes of work, which means they run longer. And therefore, I have to be even more careful about what projects I take on. Now it's the middle of the summer and my phone has been quiet. My emails, I, I say phones, but yes, emails, outreach, etc., has been quiet. And so it is more tempting because you have that panic in the pit of your stomach thinking, oh my God, the phone will never ring again. I'm going to take whatever comes next. And I have been there and I have done that and it has not paid off for me. And so I want to explain what I just went through with two different outreaches and why they aren't a good fit, but more importantly, why I feel good about saying no thank you to these projects. So let's start with the first project. It has been quiet and out of nowhere, I got a random email from a woman saying that a former client of mine had referred me to her for her project. I thought, wow, that's amazing. It already checks some boxes, right? She's had one of my clients who we did quite a large project with refer me, right? So all of a sudden there's that no like and trust has already been established, She told me briefly it was a primary bathroom and kitchen full gut renovation. Okay, that's a pretty sizable project and it is local. I thought, okay, all of a sudden she's got my attention. So we went through the email back and forth. I typically send an email that requests more information, especially about the location of the house, the address, and if there's other people in her life that will be helping make the decisions. As I've explained in the past, you don't want to just be talking to, let's say, the wife. If there's a husband involved, you really want to get both of those people dialed in in the beginning so that there's no loss of communication along the way, right? You don't want that whisper down the lane. Oh, Renee told me something Yeah, I think she's hourly. No, maybe she's flat. Yeah, you don't want any of that. You want straight and clear communication from the beginning. This woman responded. She gave me the address. I did, as I always encourage everyone listening to do. To start with, because she's local, I knew the neighborhood she lives in. But in this specific neighborhood, I know that not all the houses are of the same size and design aesthetic. So I did a quick Zillow search. God bless Zillow. If you haven't used it before, I really encourage you to do that. Unfortunately, there were no interior photos, but I saw an exterior and I now understood which type of house in this neighborhood that they owned. And again, it was fine. It was check the box, right? So we got on a call with the husband and the wife, which again, remember, I insist on having them both be a part of the conversation. And frankly, we spoke for the better part of 45 minutes. Typically, I try to keep them at 30 minutes, but they had a few very good questions for me, and we ran through a whole bunch of different options. And in this case, they used the same contractor I worked with through that other client who referred me, and I didn't love his style. It's not my A-team. It's not my Todd. I didn't love his style. He was a bit brash kind of plowed through things only to find that there was an issue that probably could have been avoided if he hadn't been plowing through things. Now, to be fair, it was my first time working with him and it was the tail end of COVID. Lots of other things were going on in the world as we remember. And so I tried to, you know, put that aside, but I did make that clear in my call that we had had some communication issues and that I'm a very detail-focused person, and therefore my involvement would be at a different level during this construction project so that I could mitigate any issues on this project. And they seemed fine with all that. They actually 
kind of agreed, whether they were being polite or not, I don't know, but they sort of agreed like, oh yeah, I could see how that would happen, blah, blah, blah. Now he had done a basement renovation for them in creating a bedroom and a bathroom. So slightly different as far as finishes, right? Then you're going to be using in a kitchen and a primary bathroom, but nonetheless, they had seen his level of work and we're happy with it. Now, they did say, if you have a team, Renee, and you'd like to bring them on, we're more interested in the when as opposed to the who, which makes sense. And again, very amenable. They've been around the block. They have older children, you know, really just checking all the boxes. Super nice people, because again, I only want to work with really nice people. And I thought, okay, this one's a good one. We're going to move forward. And so what we decided was that they now needed to reach out to this other contractor and check his schedule because my experience with him had been that he wanted everything on the site before he would even start demolition. And wow, that could be you know six months from now. And so these are the things that I want you to be taking notes on while you're having these phone calls. And because that's what mine looked like, right? It was like, could be six months to start. Now, of course, that doesn't mean I start in six months, but do I want now a construction project to start six months from now? Do you see, you know, that that's how I'm starting to really kind of strategically look at this. The fact that they're nice, the fact that they have a decent budget. Sorry, I forgot. We did cover the budget. They had a decent budget, little on the skimp side, but they then quickly followed up with, well, we don't want to cut any corners to just meet that budget, which told me that they have more and that they were obviously not going to play all their cards during the one call, which is frankly to be expected. And it's something that you with more time will get used to kind of sleuthing out on your own. So on the kind of personality, kind of the soft qualities, they were checking all the boxes. And I enjoyed speaking with them. The husband is a weekend chef at home. And I thought this was going to be really fun because I really like to dig into someone's specific needs. Like he was telling me about specific dishes he likes to make that would have different requirements than this house that they just moved into a little over two years ago. So boxes are being checked. Don't love the contractor they're working with, but it really wasn't necessary to kind of take that further until we found out his schedule. And so I was on the fence, but certainly one foot in the camp of, I'm going to take this project, right? And like you, like all of us in this field, I immediately started thinking through designs and which vendors I was going to reach out to, et cetera, et cetera. Sent my follow-up email the next day. Thank you so much. As a reminder, these are the action items that you should be doing. And then let me know the results, right? Reaching out to this contractor. They were also going to decide if they were going to do the two projects concurrently or at separate times. And then towards the end of the conversation, it was pretty obvious they were going to do them at the same time because they had another bathroom that they could use while the construction was going on. Later that evening, I got a very nice email from them saying that they had gone through my portfolio again and wondered if I had any projects that were more contemporary. Now, the work that's shown on my website is more traditional with some transitional projects, but no contemporary projects. Now, having done this for 30 years, I have definitely done contemporary projects it's just not my wheelhouse anymore. And therefore, those vendors that I would have specifically reached out to for certain aesthetic needs, I don't have those connections anymore. So 
I do have some images and that's what they wanted me to send them. But they, A, were dated. They were probably 10, 15 years ago. And B, all of a sudden, all those check marks on kind of the soft sides no longer had any relevance because this project wasn't for me. Now, you may be thinking, holy crap, Renee, are you kidding me? It's not that big a deal. And you already worked in that aesthetic before. And the answer is yes to all of that. But the problem is the learning curve that I would have had to go through again, because I can guarantee you some of my vendors would have been gone by now. Remember, this was 15 years ago. And therefore, I would have had to been doing more research on my end that would have added to the fee on this project. And whether they would pay that or not is one thing. But on the other is, I didn't want to be doing that. That's just not in my business model right now. So that was the first part of their email, right? That our aesthetics weren't lining up, that I could do it, but frankly, I didn't want to do it. The second part of their email was asking me if I could still move forward with the costing phase of it. They then put in that they had been given another referral to another designer, and that would give them the ability to compare and contrast us. And that's what sealed the deal. The answer for me became a no, a very comfortable and kind, but no, because I am not going to devote my time to building out a fee structure and project estimate only to then be compared to someone who likely does do contemporary work day in and day out. It just wasn't a fit for me. I am not saying I am not open to compete to go through a bidding process and compete with another designer, I'm perfectly fine with that, so long as it's in my wheelhouse and the aesthetic that I'm doing now. And so I have to admit, it was a little hard sending the email back, thanking them so much. And frankly, I was thanking them for doing this work now and not taking any more of my time or theirs in this first stage of their project. So I explained to them that, yes, while I am comfortable and really do enjoy a contemporary aesthetic, right now, my designs are leaning more towards traditional and transitional. I definitely believe that a client should hire someone who is fully experienced in the aesthetic that they are seeking, and therefore, the other designer they're talking to would serve them and their project better. Now, of course, I ended it with, if you have any further questions or have any further needs in the future, please reach out. And then that was the end of it. And there there was a little remorse on my end, but it was for about five or 10 minutes. And it was more because I thought they were really nice. It was not, oh my God, I just lost a job. And that's the difference. I didn't lose a job. I chose to walk away. Now, you may be thinking, yeah, it's the same thing, Renee. It's not. And I really want to hit on that again. That's the mindset shift you need to make. I chose not to have that job. And I'm going to talk at the end about what I would have done in the past. But three days later, I've chosen to not take another project on for very different reasons. Please know it is not normal for me to have two potential clients reach out to me in one week. It's just not my pattern. So I was frankly surprised that I got another one, especially in the middle of July, because typically, like we've just discussed earlier, it's usually pretty quiet. Crickets is usually what I'm hearing. 
This was a totally different outreach. I frankly don't know how this woman found me. She didn't state that in her initial email, but she did tell me enough. They're a young family in their first home with three little kids. She then went on to say that she has been slow at decor and furnishings because she wants to do it in a thoughtful manner. Okay, check the box that I agree with. But then she said, I have a really hard time making decisions. Okay, I'm going to say that's a pink flag for right now, which we'll get back to. And then said, what I'm really looking for is there's a large room in the back of the house with two exterior doors that really doesn't have a big purpose. And I'd like to renovate it to be a combination space of mudroom, laundry room, office, and kid playroom. Okay, so that checks the box of a construction project, which frankly is something that I do look for. The second box checked, but the second box it checked was, that sounds like a whole lot in any one space. But again, okay, so I put that at check in the maybe box. Again, I haven't seen it, so I really don't know. And you never know what a client refers to as large room. That definition could be almost anything. But here's the thing. She then went on to say, I'm looking for someone to come out, look at the space, tell me if this will work for our family, and then how to go about the construction. Okay. So by the time I read the entirety of the email, I think I read it twice just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. The answer was already no. And I'll tell you why. One, I can tell you if there's a pink flag about decisions, it is possible that she's just being self-deprecating, but it's possible she's not. And the other is the fact that she has already described herself as slow at decorating and furnishing. And that my hunch is that what she wants out of this one space is too much. And then what really sealed it for me, which obviously I could set up differently, was that she was looking for someone to come out and do this on-site review before she'd even committed to any project in this house. So I sent an email back asking for a lot more details, the address, other people making decisions. She mentioned a husband. So the presumption is that he would be one of them, but you never want to assume. And then also stating how I work with a flat fee that starts with a phone call, then a site meeting, then building out the project estimate and fee structure. And then noting that most of my projects are in the six-figure range. And then said, if you feel that your project fits this, please reach out. We'll go through the next steps. So I have not heard back from her and I still may. And if I do, I will follow up with you all in the next episode. But my hunch is that will be enough information for her to realize that we are a mismatch. And that's why I said no. Not that I don't think she's going to be lovely. Not that I don't think every project is valuable because they are but it's a mismatch for my business right now. Okay, so some of you may be thinking, wow, Renee, you're a little bit of a bitch. And like, why aren't you taking on these projects? And I get it. And I used to feel that same way, which is why I used to take all the projects, which we'll go into in a minute as to how I would have finessed both of these projects into my schedule. It took some mind work, I will admit, to shift from feeling like a bitch and saying no to people's hopes and dreams, to saying yes to me 
my business, and my goals. That's what I want for each of you. Now, am I a little anxious? I just turned down two jobs. I'm not going to say hugely anxious because I have the experience to know that more projects will come. But of course, I thought that through. Even as I'm crafting these emails, I would pause for a second and be like, yep, no, yes, Renee, this is the right decision. And that is called being human and and being concerned about the bottom line of my business. But what I do know is I have taken these projects on in the past and they have so glummed up my systems and my timing that I had no bandwidth to go after the projects that I am wanting to work on. So to remind you, my goal is to have fewer but larger projects. So if I am chasing my tail through these projects all fall, winter, and into spring, I could lose six, nine months of bandwidth to be marketing myself and offering my services to go after these bigger yet fewer projects. Additionally, if I did squeeze in the time to market and a architect or contractor said, hey, I've got this perfect job for you. It's already about to start. Can you slot right in? The answer would have been no, because I had too many small projects on my books that I wouldn't be able to perform at the level that this larger project would require. So it's really critical for you to be thinking six, eight, 10, 12, 14 months out and what you want to be doing during that time. Because this first project probably would have lasted the better part of 14, 15 months, and maybe longer if this contractor did want everything on site. Now, there'd be some downtime, but I would have committed myself to seeing it through to the end. So is that a year and a half from now? Possibly. This smaller project would have obviously taken less time, but I can tell you right now from my experience, it would have taken more effort Because this is a woman who admitted that she has problems making decisions. She didn't mention it, but my hunch is she's never worked with a designer before. And there'd be a whole lot of learning curve I'd have to help her through as well. So I mentioned earlier that I would tell you how I would have handled these projects several years ago. So the first one, oh, I absolutely would have taken that project hands down would have taken it because the boxes that I said checked in kind of the soft sides used to be what I focused on the most. Now that is because I've worked with some really nightmarish clients. And so when someone is showing me that they are going to be lovely to work with, that gets bumped pretty high on my list. It still does, but I now recognize what I'm doing. I have done contemporary projects. And like I said, I do have photos. I would have dug them out. I would have sent them with the caveat of, well, this was X number of years ago. The photography wasn't as good back then as it is today, blah, 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 excuse, excuse, excuse as to why the photo looks dated, right? But the nuts and bolts would have been there to show that I am capable and have experience with contemporary design. Then I would have scrambled behind the scenes, trying to track down all my vendors. I wouldn't have been billing for that time. Now, again, this was went back when I was hourly. I wouldn't have been billing for that time because I wouldn't have felt that that was fair. I would have been losing profit off of this job by trying to stay ahead of the curve. Now, all that being said, I probably wouldn't have focused on all that until about two-thirds of the way through the project when I'm starting to really 
analyze my numbers and think, gosh, wow, I feel like I've spent a lot more time than these time billings are showing. Now, I would have made money on this project. I'm really good at doing that. But I would have had that nagging feeling of like, ah, I think I could have probably made some more. And then I would have been like, yeah, Renee, it's because this is your one-off project that's contemporary. And you are reaching out to vendors that you aren't doubling up with. So for instance, cabinetry. I have one cabinet guy right now working on two projects. So one phone call, two projects, you know, you know the saying, one stone, two birds. So that is the kind of thought process I'm going through now that I never went through back then. And why I really wanted to share all of these details with you today, because I was the person who would have taken on that project and it wouldn't have dawned on me not to. And I think that's the real difference. It wouldn't have occurred to me to say no, certainly not as fast as I came to that realization this time. And then the second project, I would have taken. I hands down absolutely would have taken it. I would have gone out. I would have met with the woman. I'm sure it would have taken me an hour, hour and a half because she's going to show me the entire house only to then tell me that really we're only going to work on this one room, which I probably should have known going in and probably did know going in, but she shows me the whole house anyway and I don't stop her. And I think, well, you know what? We'll do this one project out the back and they're new to this house and they're young. They're probably going to do more projects so I can parlay this into either more projects more frequently or one bigger project at some point. That's what I would have thought. And I would have wasted all of that time. I probably wouldn't have charged her for the full hour and say 20 minutes. I would have charged her for the hour. Again, keeping in mind, I was hourly back then. So I would have lost a little bit of time at at our very first meeting. And then I can guarantee you this woman would need a considerable amount of handholding. She'd probably need three, four, five bids. No, I'm teasing. I would never allow that. But let's say she needs two or three bids. Right now, my clients don't need bids. They use my people. They trust my references. And so when I call up for stone, I get one estimate for the stone. I can tell you right now this woman would have wanted to either go out on her own and take a look over the weekend to make sure she didn't see something somewhere else. And, you know, you know this person. I know you're chuckling right now, picturing one of your clients as this woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. And frankly, I have a lot of clients who are that woman, which is probably why I know exactly how this job would have played out. We would have finished something beautiful. The client would have been happy with it. I doubt more work would come or what would come would be such fits and spurts that, of course, I would do it, but it wouldn't make sense for me financially to do it. They would have been thrilled, but they're not referring me to their friends because their friends really aren't working with interior designers. Okay. So again, that may have left you with a, gee, Renee, sounds a little harsh. Yes. I also felt that way, which is why I took projects that I shouldn't have and why I want you to really scrutinize the projects that you were being offered and to flip it around and not make it about the client and make it all about your business. Because frankly, if you work too many projects that aren't a good fit, you may not be in business as long as you'd like to be. It's really that simple. Or your business is trying to sustain itself with almost no profit on each project. 
And that is not sustainable emotionally, even if you do keep the business open. And certainly that's not what I want for any of you. So it does take some work to shift your mindset from I'm saying no to their project that they were dying to work on to I am saying yes to my future work that fits inside the business model that I have created and want for my business. There is nothing selfish about that. Let me repeat, there is nothing selfish about wanting what's best for your business at any time. And being people pleasers, it is hard to see it that way. So I haven't heard back from either of these clients. If I do, I will, again, I'll mention it in the next podcast, but I won't change my mind no matter what they say because I know their projects aren't the right fit for me right now. And so for you new designers who don't have past projects, the number of past projects that I do, please learn from mine. These people aren't unique. This type of client happens every day. And if they are your perfect fit, go for it. But please, please hear me that if they aren't your perfect fit. If you're getting that little feeling in your gut, listen to it. Say no thank you. Say it politely, but say it professionally as well. Because I could have strung out some of these clients a couple of more meetings or phone calls or emails, and that would be unprofessional in my opinion. And so I was extremely polite and left the door open if they have other needs in the future. But I said a professional and firm, no thank you. So I know that scares some of you and I get it. It scared the crap out of me the first couple of times I did it, but the results were exactly what I had hoped for. It left me open to the projects that I wanted and the projects that I excelled at. And I know that it will for you as well. So I hope there's something in this episode today that you can apply to projects Right now, maybe evaluate the ones you have and think, should I have taken them? Now, I'm not encouraging you to quit. Please don't do that. That's not fair to your client. But I am encouraging you to go back and evaluate the projects you have with that lens. Was there a pink flag? Did I ignore it? Why did I ignore it? Will I ignore it the next time? And feel free, reach out to me. Let me know about these projects. Let me know your pink flags. I only heard one or two and I still said no. So you don't have to have a parade of pink flags to turn down a project. You are in control of your own business. You have the ability to say no thank you at any time to any client. And I hope you find that empowering and not intimidating. As always, I hope this was helpful and inspired you to take a hard look at the projects you have, the projects you want, and the projects that you're being offered. Until then, I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening, and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. 
It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.